0: but what about all the other behaviors that we chalk up to? Oh, they're moody teenagers or, Oh, they're, um, they're just, you know, acting out or, Oh, poor parenting. Like before we looked at food dyes for years, we tried behavioral modification. We, we tried therapy. Mm -hmm. We tried all the things because we blamed ourselves first. Right. Like we're Mm -hmm. the reason why he's acting this way. And then it was like, Oh no, it was the food he's eating. So we behavioral modification all day long punishing children all day long doing all these things isn't going to do anything when they're jacked up like that.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nulty, geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle. Each week on the reshape your health podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you are ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the reshape your health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Rebecca Bevins, and she has her PhD in cognitive neuroscience and her master's in child psychology. Now you might be wondering, okay, why is a geriatric physical therapist, you know, talking to a child psychologist? And it's a really interesting episode today. So she is a professor of psychology at Western Nevada college, and I actually found her on YouTube through her TEDx talk. Um, and when her son complained that he couldn't focus because his brain buzzed, she mm-hmm. knew that something was wrong and she spent many months trying to figure out what the, what was the cause and how to help him. She talks all about it in her TEDx talk. I highly encourage you. If you enjoy this episode, definitely check out that talk. Um, it's one of the best ones that I've seen personally. Um, it's called the effects of artificial food dice, and you can find it on YouTube or in the show notes for this episode, I'm um, Dr. Bevins. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have this conversation and full disclosure. I found you on YouTube right after I had finished reading the book metabolical by Dr. Robert Lustig in which, which I loved by the way, like top three books, but I don't know if he ever mentioned food dyes. He certainly mentioned additives. He may have mentioned dyes, but he didn't go into depth and it didn't hook. It didn't hook in my brain until I watched your TEDx talk on like, Ooh, this is really important. Then. So I was listening to it. I was driving home from daycare with the kids. And I said, Hmm, I bet the gum that I'm chewing has a food dye in it sure enough, I look at it and I'm like, dang it, there's blue in here. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's kind of the funny story of how I stumbled upon you. And, um, I'm really glad that I did. So let's get started just with this whole journey that started, you know, over a decade ago now. And, and what was going on to make you really dive into this area of food dyes and the harmful effects that they can have on our just behavior.
0: Yeah, well, I'd had no intention of going down this road. Um, I never thought food dyes were a bad thing. I mean, the FDA approved them, and they're in all these foods, and we give them to children, so they must be fine, right? So um, our child was, uh, and and I'll say this: I nursed him for a long time. For well, it was over a year. We made all of his food. You know, he he had um, healthy foods from the very beginning, but then you know, around three. For they start getting into going to places, having cupcakes, eating things, and so we. He was always kind of a, a, I don't want to say a hyper kid, but a very active kid, and uh, we just thought that that was who he was. And um, even though as a baby he was a really chill, easygoing baby, but then he became really active. So that's who he is. Well, by the time he got into school, it was getting kind of worse. And we thought, well, it's just because of the school environment. Um, But then he's like seven years old in second grade and he just couldn't focus and he couldn't focus and he couldn't focus. And his doctors were like, well, you know, he needs to get into the gifted program that doesn't start until third grade. He's just, he's a smart kid and, and he's bored. So that's, we kept getting this brush off on, on why his behavior is this way. Well, then he wasn't focusing, couldn't focus. I would take an hour and a half to do a simple paper that I knew he could do. And, um, and so he said to me, I can't, I can't focus. Cause I was like, bud, come on, let's just focus. And he's like, I can't focus. My brain buzzes. And I was like, whoa, like brains aren't supposed to buzz. I know this neuroscience degree. I, I know that brains aren't supposed to buzz. Yeah. So let's talk about this, explain this to me. And so I started to try to do research. And so there's no research anywhere on brain buzzing and, in. And there, I, I looked over all the research articles and I came across, um, I finally just jumped on Google and was like Googling brain buzzing and came across a, a blog that was done by a 15 year old who talked about how red dye 40 made her brain buzz. That was like the only connection that I could possibly find to brain buzzing and thought. So I thought, okay, fine, let's, let's test this. Let's pull um, the red 40 from his diet and see if it does anything for the brain buzzing. And sure enough, within a week, brain buzzing was gone. And a lot of his ADHD type behaviors were gone. The uh, inability to sit still, the, um, I mean, this is a kid who couldn't sit still while he was eating dinner. He couldn't sit still Mm -hmm. while he was sleeping. Um, And so, so we like, okay, fine, we'll pull it. He calmed down and the brain buzzing went away and we were like, okay, good. So there's the problem solved. So he can't do red 40. Red 40 is talked a lot about in the literature, it's kind of well-known that red 40 causes reaction in, in kids. Um, it's well, it's more talked about than any of the other colors. So it didn't occur to me that now we have a problem with other colors as well. So instead of eating all the red things that he used to eat, he would eat the yellow things. Now, yellow is also pretty insidious in that it's in pickles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hmm. it's in pickles. Um, it is in it's in a lot of foods, some some things you wouldn't expect it to be in it's in, um, popcorn, um, bagels, um, just, it's just bagels from the bakery at the grocery store. So we're not even talking processed. Right. So, it, so I, it just, it was, it was an increase now in eating some of the yellow stuff when with a increase in eating the red stuff, we went to Hawaii and he a and so so it was over the Christmas break, uh, when he was in second grade. Well, after second grade, we went to Hawaii, and uh, so so over the Christmas break, sorry, is when we did the red forty removal. Mm-hmm. And then within six months, so I'm seeing an increase in some of these agitation behaviors. He's getting mad for no reason. I ask him to you know we have like turn the TV off and come to dinner, and he would. Just get really mad for no reason. I'm like really excessively mad for no reason. And he would scratch at himself and he would swing on me and and just overreact emotionally. And so, again, we could write it off as well. He's maybe going through a stage or some phase or something's going on. Something else is going on that's bothering him. We had him in therapy. Um, Nothing was working. He was just very angry all the time. So then we went to Hawaii. And he was eating shaved ice with grandpa and granny, and he was doing the yellow syrup, which is just loaded with color. And he was doing it every day, if not twice a day, because we're in Hawaii and it's vacation. And, and yeah, so then we start seeing the deceitful behaviors the, um, and, and the meltdowns. Oh, my gosh, the meltdowns. And now the meltdowns, instead of happening once a week, were happening three times a day. Um, and it just, it just got really, really bad. So we came home from that and I started doing some more research, found one, one published research article on yellow, just yellow. And it was, it's, it had, it suggested that there might be an increase in agitation. So I was like, all right, fine. We're just pulling them off all of food dyes, everything, just no more food dyes at all. Starting today, went through the house, pulled everything that had any kind of color in it. and. and no more, no more. And then, um, like I I mentioned in my talk, he crashed, he crashed. Um, I akin it to being on a drug because it's like, it was like watching a meth addict coming off of meth He slept all the time. He craved cheese and yogurt, which was very interesting. I've heard from other parents that their kids kind of went through similar. They wanted uh, milk and cheese or milk Mm -hmm. and yogurt. And so I'm, I'm not sure the correlation there, but very interesting. Um, and so, yeah, it took, it took a while. It took months for him to completely recover. Um, and the whole time I felt like, you know, the parent of the year, um, that why didn't I check this sooner? How come I didn't catch this? I should know better. Oh, my God, what did I do to my child? Um, you know, we, we saw some emotional stunting for a little bit. It took him a little while to catch up. Um, it, it, it took him some time to completely recover because it was like he was drugged um he was high for years and it never occurred to me that that dyes could possibly be doing that so i ended up learning everything i possibly could about dyes and pulling all the research that was out there and um in 2019 we went to a symposium in california so the Office of Health Hazard Assessment in California was reviewing the effects of artificial food dyes on children to see if this was a problem, and so they pulled researchers from all around the world. Uh, Some came from the UK. uh, All, of course, all the big candy manufacturers were there. Coca-Cola was there. The FDA was there. Um, And of all of them, the ones that were least uh, supportive of the idea that this could be a problem was the FDA. Um, Yeah we had several interesting arguments with them over this. Well, it didn't hurt rats and rat studies didn't cause any brain changes, therefore it's fine. Um, Even though their rat studies were not even correlational to children's studies. And um, so, yeah. So my son was the only one there that actually has a reaction to food dyes. There were researchers, there were um, a lot of researchers that look at ADHD and study ADHD. Um, who have seen these correlations with artificial food coloring and some interesting things came out of that. Um, He did stand up and talk, which was nice because um, yeah, I don't remember how old he was 13, 14, 13. Um, Yeah. He stood up and, and spoke. He was actually upset at something that someone said. So he, he, yeah, well they um, it's in medicines, it's medications. So If he gets sick, thank goodness he doesn't get sick often. But when he does, I have to go rounds, Mm -hmm. rounds and rounds with the, uh, you know, the back and forth with the um, pharmacist to find a drug that doesn't have dye in it that he can take. Like we've had to change medications that the doctor suggested through the doctor. Like I'm spending hours talking to the doctor and the pharmacist and back and forth to find something. But so from this. Symposium that lasted a couple days. They published an over 300-page report, and the report says that there is sufficient evidence to suggest that artificial food dyes do, in fact, affect children that that are outside of the ADHD. Because again, they were would say, "Well, AD, children with ADHD can be affected," and now they're saying, "No, no, children outside of this group can also be affected." Mm-hmm. So this was a huge, huge win. Um, I think they're trying to pass some legislation to regulate artificial colors in California. Wow. Um, I am really hoping it goes because if it goes, it'll go nationwide because companies are not going to make things for California and the rest of the country. So, so we're hoping. Um, but one of the other things that came out of that which was really interesting, and this would, af- would affect your, your area too, is that about half the children grow out of it. The other half don't. Which means the half that don't grow out of their reaction to food dyes grow up into adults that have reaction to food dyes. Mm-hmm. So we do have a population of adults that have no idea that the anxiety that they're experiencing might be agitated by the food that they're eating. The depression, the ADHD-type behaviors, the inability to focus, um, their aggression or anger—those um, things could be can be fueled. By what they're eating.
1: Yeah. So. And I think just as a parent too, mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, you know, that is so powerful to catch this stuff early and mm-hmm. instill healthier habits and be able to feed our children in a way that, um, really supports their mental and emotional and developmental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have so many grandparents that listen to this show too, and mm-hmm. we're definitely going to talk about the role that food pushing mm-hmm. by grandma Uh, or grandparents can play. And, and I think that's going to be a really interesting part of this conversation. Now, before we go there, I had Mm -hmm. some follow-up questions from what you just said. And from your TEDx talk, my question was when you were going through like the traditional medical system with your son Mm -hmm. to try to get him the help that he needed, did what was the conversation like around what he was eating or what he was drinking, or was there any conversation?
0: Uh, no. So, um, his pediatrician early on, um, my, my OB said, Do you want the best pediatrician around who is going to retire when he's five, or do you want a new pediatrician who'll be here for his life? And I said, Give me the best pediatrician until he's five. <laughs> um, and so, we had a wonderful pediatrician. He chalked up a lot of his behaviors. To the fact that um, he is intelligent, he's he is uh, on that other end spectrum of intelligence. Uh, he went from eighth grade to college, so he's he's a smart kid. Um, so they chalk that up to that. He's just kind of the out of the box kind of kid. Never ever mentioned. Maybe we should put him on medications. Never mentioned. Um, nothing, never asked about the food. We had pulled, uh, high fructose corn syrup from his diet from when he was, you know, early on really early. I think he was like two or three when we just removed it from our house. Um, so, and we cook, we cook all the time. So we cook mm-hmm. most of our stuff. However, there's still the, the things that kids eat and that um, a lot of American right. families have. And, and so, no, there wasn't any discussion now when he switched pediatricians When his retired and we have um his his current pediatrician. Um, it didn't occur to her either, but she was wonderful when I started to figure things out. And I came to her and said, this is affecting him. And she put it in his chart. Mm -hmm. So immediately put in red 40 was was the first thing. Um, and then when we figured out that the rest of them caused a problem, um, put it in there too. But we had to switch pediatricians one year because of insurance. So I had to make some phone calls. And my question was, how do you feel about artificial food dyes and their effects on children? And if I got, well, they don't affect children at all. So thank you very much and move on uh, until I found one who said, I know nothing. It sounds like, you know, more than me. And I'm happy to listen to you. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So we had him for a year. He was great. And then as soon as we could switch back when our insurance switched again, We switched back to um, our old doctor and and are comfortable there, but um, founded a dentists had to change dentists three times until we found a dentist that would use no stuff on his teeth, no fluoride with color, no, um, no polishing. He just gets the pumice. He doesn't get anything else with color in it. So, and they started to switch over their entire office to um, dye free stuff for all the kids. So that was wonderful. So, yeah, you know, that was, that was great. So that was, um, you know, it, it just takes, it takes extra work as a parent to, to ensure that the healthcare providers are going to, to abide by this, but a lot of them just don't know more so now than 10 years ago. I think that those discussions are coming out more Baskin Robbins removed all the dyes out of their ice cream
1: i didn't know that interesting no,
0: they did not announce it they did it quietly about two three no. years ago huh. and um and they didn't announce it because what happened was uh, when other companies have done it and announced it there was a public backlash
1: hmm.
0: and so they just didn't announce it which is it's fine but um but yeah so i think there's a more of a an understanding that this may have an effect there's more of a question of maybe it does um but but still not enough parents know.
1: Right, or or providers. Um or providers. I see so often where someone goes to the doctor mm-hmm. and the doctor has 5 minutes with them, maybe mm-hmm. 10 minutes, and it's it's hard, you know. They they are trained to diagnose and then prescribe or diagnose yeah. and refer. Yeah. And so I think just getting this information out and mm-hmm. helping people understand if you're seeing these symptoms this, this dies should be a flag in your head. Hey, maybe it's dies instead of let's refer to this therapist or let's go to this specialist or this and this and this. And it's Mm -hmm. like at some point, I really hope that physicians across all ages start Mm -hmm. talking more about food and start talking about how food impacts behavior and physical health, because medications aren't going to fix the problem. They are a band aid and a downstream Solution in most cases. Um, so I think that I'm not anti medicine, but I'm like, let's really do everything mm-hmm. that we can naturally um, so that we don't have compounding effects of multiple medications. Because I'm a yeah. geriatric PT, so I saw that all the time when, like 38 medications oh, kid yeah. you not. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem. So I think that the next thing that I wanted to ask and tease out a little bit um, those who follow me know that. Um, I'm all about lowering insulin, which requires, we really reduce added sugar and natural sugars. And so when I kind of first started listening to your Ted talk, that was something that was really intriguing to me was you didn't really mention sugar at all related to the behaviors. And so I wanted to know what your personal experience and research was as it relates to sugars and behavior, um, and then food dyes and
0: behavior. So kind of teasing out the differences there okay um yeah so when we first noticed that he's acting excessive um and it was not it it was an up and down Well, like, especially with the red it was up and down i thought okay this isn't a consistent behavior what's he eating right it's the first thing i thought about is what's he eating what's he eating so we thought sugar okay so we pulled sugar and uh saw no changes in his behavior um And then it was still
1: up and down kind of up and down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because for him, he's so sensitive. One tiny little piece of red 40 or any of the other food colorings one little bit and it's enough to set him off. So we've tested sugar several times over the years. Yes. It makes him hyper or it can increase his, his mood. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't change his mood. Like he was psychotic when he was eating food dyes. And I know it's extreme to say, but it was this form of psychosis. And we don't see that when he eats sugar. So yeah, for one of the first things people usually will come at me with is, well, it's the sugar. So we tried that. We pulled the sugar. And it wasn't like he was eating a lot of sugar anyway. And the sugar didn't have an effect on him. We give him the sugar. Sugar doesn't have an effect on him. And we give him the dye and it has an effect on him and we remove the dye and then it, it, the, the effects disappear. So that's kind of how we tease that one out. So yes, no, sugar is definitely not the best thing in the world for you. That's for sure. Um, however, it's not causing psychosis the same way. Um, it causes other physical issues, but not that psychological issue that we were seeing with my son. So again, he's 17 now. Um, he eats what he eats when I'm not around. I cannot control everything he's eating. Yeah. And he, I saw him walking across campus with a Coke the other day. And I was like, of course you are. But again, it's not, it doesn't bother him. Um, it, it barely makes a dent in anything now with him. Whereas uh, he went from hundred pounds. Um, he's now like, you know, 220 and 6'2". And the same amount that bothered him at hundred pounds is now bothering him. So we're, we're well past that. This isn't, this isn't the sugar thing. So, so that yes. was, I have to stop
1: there though. Cause you said in your TEDx talk about the weight gain. And I thought that was so mm. fascinating that he, he was struggling yeah. to gain weight. And so I think this is really pertinent. Like if you know a child or a grandchild that's struggling to gain weight, can you speak on that really quick? That was interesting.
0: It, it was weird. So, um, he, he was, he was so thin um, and he was very active and he was in gymnastics, but you could see his ribs through his shirt. His, his cousin, who was only 18 days younger, asked me one day when he was like, there were six, she's like, why is he so skinny? And, um, it's just, it seemed like he was just really skinny and for and, uh, the amount of food that he would eat. So when he got older and we talked about some of the effects that yellow had on him, and that was when we saw the weight change uh, when the weight started to come back on. So he was a healthy weight. Uh, he was, um, he said that his body was always hot and his metabolism was always going and his brain is always going. And that's the problem also with, with yellow for him is that his brain's going 90 miles an hour. So when I asked that question of what does that mean? He says, well, all the thoughts in the world have already gone through my head today. And, um, and so he's racing. So his metabolism's racing. So as soon as we pulled that out, we saw Mm -hmm. this metabolism drop. And, um, and so he put on, so instead of six pounds in a year, he put on six pounds in six weeks Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and has maintained a healthier weight from that point. He, he's a big kid. He's, um, dad's built very big guy and he's built, like dad. And, uh, so he's, he's just not, he never was built to be super skinny kid.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: so, so now he is where he should be, um, and so much taller. Um, and he hasn't had weight issues since then. Like he hasn't had that rapid weight gain for after that six pound increase after that, he went back to gaining weight at a normal rate. Um, so it was, it was an interesting reaction that we didn't expect to see. So yeah. it was having, and so I talked to my endocrinologist and he goes, well, it was, it sounds like it was having an effect on his metabolism.
1: Yeah. That's so, really interesting. Cause the brain does use so much energy. I don't know the percentage, yeah. but it does. Um, a, so, so as I was about oh, 30, it's about
0: 30% of is it. What, yeah.
1: I was thinking like 30 to 40. So yeah. you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of crazy too. Okay. Uh, the toothpaste that we still use for our children has blue Mm -hmm. because it's not out yet. And I'm like, it's not, they're not that sensitive. I'm not going to change it out. Um, but they get crazy before bedtime. I tell you what, uh, we are friends and we have, we have this app called Marco Polo. Have you heard of that one? Uh Uh-uh it's just kind of like you video each other and you can send videos. And then when they have time, they view the video and it's a good way to keep in touch with people across the country. And we'll send videos of like our kids just off the walls right before bed. And they weren't like that 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, Hmm, is it the toothpaste? Like, or am I just crazy? Like, so is that just such a minute amount that it might not really matter? Um, I I obviously have to change the toothpaste and see, but I was just wondering if you'd heard of that effect from a toothpaste.
0: Sure. Well, sublingual, right. We all know it's some sublingual medications. As soon as you have it in your mouth and underneath your tongue, it goes into your system really quickly. It's actually one of the fastest delivery systems that we can have for some medications. So yes, absolutely. Um, having that die in their mouth, there's more in it than you think, but -hmm. having that in their mouth, will have an effect on their behavior. Uh, we sprayed my kiddo down with, um, we had a reaction on vacation once and I had sprayed him down with my sunblock that has bronzer in it. Didn't even think, and this was only, oh, yeah. oh, this was only a couple years ago. So I still make mistakes. And he had a, a reaction while we're on vacation, which is usually what happens because he comes across something when we're traveling, but we couldn't pinpoint where normally we could, Yeah. So I like, well, maybe one of the places that we stopped actually had dye, and they just lied to us or something. But so we get back home and we live very close to Tahoe. And um, so we were up in Tahoe and I sprayed him down again and he gets in the water and he looks around and there's color on the top of the water. And he was immediately like, oh no, is there dye in that? Well, first ingredient is blue one. What? First ingredient. Oh my gosh. So of course he gets it off of his system as fast as he can or off his body, but it's there. And, um, I also have an article that was published research demonstrating that the active ingredient in sunblock will end up in your bloodstream within 24 hours.
1: Hmm.
0: So whatever you put on your skin will end up in your bloodstream can end up in your bloodstream. And, and that's all it took. So if it can go through your skin and in effect, it can certainly go through a little bit in the mouth. Yep. A little okay. bit in your mouth. Well, so I'm going to yeah. buy natural
1: toothpaste today.
0: Well, you Thank know, and, you. And, Amazon and, app. Well,
1: I want to see, I'm curious. Yeah, I know I, I don't yeah. have to, but like, I really sure. want to see.
0: And there's a lot of toothpaste. So, crest has some that are white. So we, yeah. we've, we've gone through the gamut of toothpastes. He finally has settled on one that he likes. Yep. Um, and for the longest time, I think he, he was using the Deutera toothpaste that he loves. Um, so um, when they get older, deodorant is fun. For some reason, men's deodorant is blue. And right. I don't understand why. So it took a while for us <laughs> to find some deodorant that wasn't blue, because uh, that is on your skin. Uh, shampoo, conditioner, face mm-hmm. lotions. Um, for some reason, face lotions can have it in there as well. So yes, we have, oh, and he was a theater kid. And all oh, of those so all that
1: paint and the makeup, yeah. So I, I had to go
0: and, and get all mica-based makeup for him and and um and use all the mica-based stuff because he couldn't. We had a reaction on that. Mm-hmm. He uh painted his nails for one of his productions that he was in, had a reaction from that. Um He's
1: very sensitive to it. So I think that's is. kind of my next question: is like, okay, yeah. let's say we have a hundred kids or a thousand kids. How many of those kids? Are going to have some sort of sensitivity to food dye? Uh,
0: so I, we don't know. I did unofficially. I looked at, at the math on some things, kids that are having a, a reaction to food dyes are having behavioral issues. So if you look at the diagnosed rates for ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, conduct disorder, intermittent explosive disorder, Um, Some of the main childhood disorders, if you're looking at behavioral disorders, you're looking at over 1% of the children, um, way more. Um, I think ADHD kids, kids is it 11% of children are are diagnosed with ADHD. So I go conservative, so I don't sound like I'm overreacting. So if we looked at 1% of children under the age of 18, we're looking at, at a million kids
1: in America. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So not still a lot. I mean, 1% is still a lot. If we're looking at, if we assumed that every child with ADHD is allergic to artificial food dyes or reactive, which I, I highly doubt, but if, it's 11%. So we're talking yeah. over 11 million children. Yeah. Um, of the kids that are reactive, there is again, a sliding scale of reaction, right? Right. Um, I was told by some researchers at that symposium that my son he would consider him allergic because his reaction is extreme. Mm-hmm. I was calling him reactive. If he is, if we call him reactive, because he's not anaphylactic,
1: yeah, That's but it tricky. will put
0: him straight into a psychosis. Yeah. So we're he's very extreme, which I think is what made it a little easier for me to figure out. Absolutely, is because yeah. I could not talk away all of the behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are like, Oh my kid. Like I see videos of children throwing fits in the backseat and having meltdowns and people are like, Oh, bad parenting and all this stuff. And I, all my heart breaks. I was just like, Oh my God, that kid's probably having a reaction because it is an extreme behavior that you don't necessarily see. But what about all the other behaviors that we chalk up to? Oh, they're moody teenagers or, Oh, they're, Um, They're just, you know, acting out or, oh, poor parenting. Like before we looked at food dyes for years, we tried behavioral modification. We we tried therapy. Mm -hmm. We tried all the things because we blamed ourselves first. Right. Like we're Mm -hmm. the reason why he's acting this way. And then it was like, oh, no, it was the food he's eating. So we behavioral modification all day long, punishing children all day long, doing all these things isn't going to do anything when they're jacked up like that. So Um, so yeah, so it's, it's probably well over a million kids now, then the question goes to how many adults, right? So 18, half of those million kids turn into adults, but now, but we have way more adults than we have children. So now we have millions, millions of adults.
1: Yep. And I think for me, it just reinforces the important, the importance of like whole unprocessed foods. Yeah like an avocado is green, but it doesn't have green food dye. You know, a banana is yellow, but it doesn't have yellow dye An apple has a red skin, but it doesn't have a red dye. And it's like, you mentioned as well, that there are all sorts of, you know, quote unquote, processed foods, like parents sometimes want a shortcut that don't have the dyes that have the natural coloring, just like Baskin, Baskin Robin. So Mm -hmm. even if you're not, you know, on the whole foods approach, you can still like you guys did, reduce the dyes or eliminate the dyes. Um, so I think the next question that I had is, okay, maybe a parent or a grandparent suspects that their child has a, an allergy Mm -hmm. or, um, a reaction to the dye. How do they know? How do you test?
0: Um, well, so I, for one, I, any kid that's having some emotional reaction, I mean, any kid, every kid I think should be tested, but especially when kids are being, um, having these emotional reactions or skin problems or ear problems. So another thing, our kid went through, uh, he had nine ear infections in 10 months before they put the tubes in his ears. And that just popped up when he was four. Well, Mm -hmm. what happened when he was four? So he was eating more processed foods. Mm -hmm. So, Later, I find out, well, if he's having this reaction, it could very well have affected his ear. So any kind of skin reaction, um, emotional reaction, psychological reaction, uh, and, and what you do is you remove the food coloring for two weeks. So we pulled him cold turkey and he crashed. So part of me likes to tell parents to do what you're doing. Wean them off of it. Uh, if you want to test them, great. Don't feed them anything with artificial colors for two weeks. Um, of course, it's easier to do in the summer when you have control over exactly. that. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not going to other people's houses and things. Um, but you'll know in a week, you really will see uh, an, an effect in a week. The longest we've seen with kids is yellow and yellow can last five days in their system. So yeah. after about five or six days, and you start to see it taper off you mm-hmm. they shouldn't have any of that reaction in their system anymore so by a week if what they're eating was having an effect on their behavior you should see a decrease in the behavior yeah um so like i said in my ted talk he was suicidal at seven and within one week of being off of all the colors that went away completely and had he has never mentioned it again never talked about it now and in, in as he got older he explained I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah, I hate the way I felt. So they feel different in about a week. Um, I say two just to be yep. safe, um, but you can take all of your stuff that has colors in it, just mark it, and then don't feed it to them. Um, the other way is if you think you want to just pull it anyway, do what you do. All right. Well, we're going to be done with this toothpaste soon. Yeah. Um, if you're seeing an immediate reaction after some things, you might want to to ditch it earlier Um, green and blue seem to have quicker reactions within a half an hour or less yellow and green or what i mean a yellow and red or what are called azo dyes they actually have slower reactions Hmm. in in kids Uh, and this was backed up by a, a, a chemist because they talked about how they break down green and blue don't really break down where the other two do And so that breakdown of the other two seems to be what is fueling some of this behavior. Um, But, you know, if you've got if you're you're almost done with that cereal, finish the cereal, replace it with one that doesn't have colors and just kind of start to replace the things in your house with brands that don't have food color pickles. There's there's actually a lot of different pickles now on the shelf that don't have artificial colors, Um, different stores. uh, Aldi is really good with not having artificial colors, Trader Joe's on the West coast doesn't have a lot of artificial colors in their stuff. Um, and then just, you know, the organic that's safe. There's no artificial colors in organic stuff, uh, stuff on the shelves. So, uh, we have a lot of organic food in our house just because if I'm grabbing stuff and I don't feel like reading every single label, yeah, it's good. So you're um,
1: looking for like the word red. So if people are completely new to this, maybe they're not currently reading food labels. They're looking at the ingredients list on the nutrition panel and what specifically should they be looking for?
0: So it'll say red, 40, yellow, five, green, three, blue, one. It'll have a color and a number after it. I will say this. I did come across one where it was a word and it was the chemical word for the yellow and it was Mm. not yellow five. And so I was tricked once. But in all of 10 years, I came across that once and I cannot think of the word right now, but we can, I mean, I can look it up, but it's not common. Normally it will be red, 40, yellow, five, green, three. Um, If you see any of those, then just put it back. When we go to restaurants or places and I have to ask a question, I will say, can you read the ingredients and look for a color with a number after it? Mm -hmm. And, um, and that seems to be the easiest way for people to understand. So read, read something. And it's a pound sign and a number, and that's what you look for. And they have to, in the United States, put that on there, or it'll say artificial color added. And then I don't even, I just drop gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay.
1: So artificial color or the red, green, blue, yellow. Mm-hmm. I really hope they don't start getting sneaky. They do that with sugar, like, you know, over 200 names for added sugar now to kind of yeah. trick people. So I hope they don't do that with like food dyes. Cause
0: yeah, I that hope would so make,
1: you know. I mean, obviously whole food is the simplest solution there, but it would still make, you know, everyone, at least I do and busy moms, we like some, some solutions there. Um, so Mm -hmm. would you recommend going one diet at a time or all the dyes for the one, like the two
0: week trial? So if you're going to do two week trial and you're going to do it in two weeks, then I would pull everything. Okay. Just pull all of them. And then you can slowly reincorporate. You can give them something with red in it and see how they act. Mm-hmm. You can. Um, and then if there's no reaction or if there is a reaction, wait a few days and then try something with blue. Kind of go back to when you were feeding babies and you went with green foods and, you know, you, you did that process um, of introduction of foods and then removal of foods and introduction of new foods. So you do the same thing. You. Um, let them have something with a specific color in it so like our we i think alex was clean for six months and then we were at a thai restaurant and he wanted green tea ice cream and assured me that he would be fine he was eight and uh, Mm. i was like well it's friday (laughs) like like, Uh, i'm a a researcher let's give it a shot um by the time we got home he was bouncing off the walls and uh, uh so the next morning i'm like so are we gonna eat that again no and he's yeah. never touched it again. So, um, so so yeah, you can I would do all of them and then wait and see. Um, the thing about pulling all colors at once is that if they are reacting, they may crash.
1: Yeah. And Might by crash, I mean
0: sleep. And mine would sleep all night, come out, pass out on the couch all day, and he just didn't want to do anything. And he was lethargic and his body hurt and he really was going through some withdrawals for like a week and um, and then he came out of it. So you may see that you may see a drop in, in energy, you may see a drop in, um, in their, their behavior. Now, um, yes, they shouldn't be eating sugar. However, you don't, if, if your household still has sugar, you can still give them sugar. You're not going to see that kind of change from just the sugar. So yeah,
1: you said there is a difference there. So probably Mm -hmm. like the summertime would be the best otherwise like Christmas break, maybe fall break or spring break, just to kind of give the kids a little bit more space to kind of come down from it. If, if they have a a crash like that. Um, so my next question Mm -hmm. is, okay. So, you know, that your son has an, uh, an allergic reaction of sorts to the food dyes. How do you, as a mom, uh, influence the school?
0: So the teachers have been fantastic. So when we um, first approached his second grade teacher after he came back from winter break, um, we said he can't eat red 40. So we brought other snacks instead and said, here, you can put these aside and you can give these to him. Just make sure he's not getting any red. He was getting other colors, but... After that, I have never had any pushback by any teacher that I have ever come in contact with. They're the ones that I've said, He's reacting to food dyes. And she's like, Oh, lots of them are. Yeah. They see it. They see what the kids are eating and they see how they behave before lunch and then they see how they behave after lunch. Yes. And so I have gotten tremendous support. So we found uh, my kid was loving fruit snacks. And so we found an all natural, organic, um, fruit snacks. We bought a humongous box. I brought them and gave them to her and said, here, if you're handing out snacks, you can give him these. Um, and, and you know, any other kid, just let me know when you're getting low. And we brought other snacks. Yeah. We made sure that he, he never ate school lunches. Cause I went rounds and rounds with the, uh, company that provided the lunches and everything had yellow in it. Um, and so he never ate that. So we just packed his own and we always had extra snacks in there that in case he, Wanted to hand them out or save them in his desk for later, so there was never an issue. Um, his classmates started; they knew they mm-hmm. it, well. And when we did the TED Talk, he was in fourth grade, and mm-hmm. um, they all watched it live. Uh, oh, they watched
1: at, it live because oh, wow. we were
0: we were live streaming it. Yeah, and they were right down the street, so um, that was pretty impactful. But after that, it was it was great to see them come over, and, and they would read. And they'd be like, you can't have this. Oh, yeah. you can have this. And they would give him things that he could have. And then parents started bringing in, they would bring in cupcakes, but they would bring one white cupcake for him instead of the colored ones for everyone else. So he, he didn't ever have a problem with school. School was never, um, the issue. The only issue <laughs> we had was with family and I love my mom, but she didn't, I don't think she believed me when we pulled him off red. And so she had him up there at her house. She lives in Tahoe and, um, and she gave him a red vine and he ran around in circles until he passed out on the floor. And she was like, wow, okay, we're not doing this anymore. And so she immediately jumped on the bandwagon and, um, and there was no more problems with that. So, um, and then, um, yeah, grandpa and granny would, um, granny was wonderful. Granny was from the, uh, from, from South Africa and the UK. And so plenty of foods without dyes. And so she would go to a specialty store and buy him all sorts of fun things that he couldn't eat. Um, and, and all loaded with sugar and, um, and, but he had things that he could have that weren't full of dyes. So we really didn't have much of a problem when it came to the schools, the schools have been wonderful, um, it, it was more of like, and when, what I've hear from parents, it's the family. It's really difficult when, when kids are, um, in a divorced family and Mm, dad gives, dies and mom does not. So mom is spending time detoxing the kids and then sending them back to dad. So it's helpful when, when family works together on this. Um, even if they think you're crazy. I mean, one of the reasons I did the Ted talk is because I have a degree. I'm not some just, I'm not a crazy mom. I mean, I might be a crazy mom, but <laughs> Aren't I have real. A mom. <laughs> yeah. I'm have yeah, i a crazy mom with a degree in this area. And trust me, this isn't a crazy mom exactly. thing. This is a serious thing. And so um, I have had parents go, thank you. Nobody listens to me. And then I showed them your talk and like, they listen to me now. It's like, yeah. So that's why we did it. So that other parents have that backup because um, it does take a little. We were in the ER and this woman, uh, I, I don't remember if she was the doctor or if she was the nurse comes out with Tylenol, bright red Tylenol. I'm like, oh, he can't have that. He's allergic to artificial food. <laughs> she just rolls her eyes and walks off. So I carry medications on me that have no colors in them. I carry, you know, Tums that have no color in them, like antacids. I carry all the things on me all the time because if he needs something, you know, we have, right.
1: Have to, you want to be prepared. You
0: have to be prepared, but I think but. this
1: is like, so interesting. Once you know about it, it's just like, it was kind of like added sugar for me. So added sugar was the mm-hmm. first thing. And then it was refined seed oils that mm-hmm. I would like screen my, um, my labels for So Those are really inflammatory, like the canola, the cotton seed, the, uh, soybean. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a tiered approach for me of added sugar. And then the refined oils, and now you're looking at food labels for dyes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are so many things, and so many even non food products. Mm-hmm. So it's been really eye opening for me. And I think that, you know, among other things, this is kind of like the next step in our family's health journey to kind of clean up our products and like our toothpaste and just kind of pay more attention to it and screen the labels. And I think that listeners will be really, really surprised how frequently dyes are added to food. Um, now just to kind of wrap this up, I know that you mentioned before we started talking online, that research in the U S on this is really sparse. So can you speak to that just a little bit? And I think that was really surprising to me that a lot of the research on this has done was done outside of the U S. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other major surprises along the way for you?
0: Um, the, the lack of research is what really got me. Most of the research has been done over 35 years ago. Yeah. And there was a, a one study done in the UK. And I spoke with, I met with the researcher who conducted that, and it was done in 2012. Um, but since they use dyes that are not, uh approved for US. They used US approved dyes and non-US approved dyes. That was enough for the FDA to ignore it. Mm. Um I was surprised at how uninterested the FDA is in looking into this. Yeah. Um and how uninterested companies are in removing it. There are a lot of com- companies that make foods for the UK that have no dyes like M&Ms. Yep. But they make them with dyes here. So it's not like they can't, they absolutely can. They just won't. I was also surprised at how intense the U S how much they love their brightly colored foods. When tricks pulled their artificial colors out of their food, out of their cereal, people complained so much. They had to put it back in. So that was surprising, but yes, there's no money in research right now. Like we have, we have some independent, uh, researchers trying to raise money to do some studies. There's some brain studies. I would like to get, uh, some brain scans of my son on and off dyes so that I, we can yeah. show you what his brain looks like. Yeah. That'd um, be fascinating. It, yeah. And, and it would be helpful. So, I mean, yeah. if you saw a brain scan of, of what a child's brain looks like when they're eating artificial food colors and it looks very different when they're not, that's enough for you to not want to do that anymore. And so, yeah, I'm just really, really shocked at the fact that there's no there's no studies right now. So we were hoping that the report that came out in California spurs some more research. Um, I'm hoping that the discussions that the California legislature are going to have over this spurs some more, more research out of this. Um, but usually, you know, research goes where money is. And, and right now companies don't want to spend the money to pull it out. And um, logistically, I will say this in, in defense, logistically we, right now, we do not have a good substitute uh, a lot of the natural food dyes are that are out there do not stand up to ph or temperature so you can use beet juice in some mm. things that you're not baking but as soon as you bake yeah. it you lose it so there is a company microma that is working on uh, natural all natural food dyes from fungi that are um, sustainable and they will hold up ph and temperature um, and they have all, almost all the beautiful colors together and they've worked for the last three years on this and, um, are making huge strides. So I am very excited about that. Um, we're in good contact with them. Um, yeah. one of the owners is we're, we're, good friends now. Um, cause we just can't wait as soon as that is out. And, um, there is a, there, then there is an option for these big companies yes. to use something else. Now there's no excuse. Right. So, and I was
1: wondering too, so just in case we probably should have started here, but they are just made in a lab, right? Like these artificial dyes, they're oh, just made in a lab. They're petroleum based. Okay. That's important. To we make should it have even, talked about that at the beginning. To make
0: it even worse. These are petroleum based chemicals. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have a benzene ring. So, um, anybody that knows anything about chemistry knows benzene rings are bad. Uh, they're not healthy at all. So yeah, they are all chemical, they're all labs, there's nothing even remotely close to being natural. They're they are they provide no nutritional value. Oh. They do mm-hmm. nothing except change the color of the food.
1: And are they on the the grass list, the generally recognized as safe list by the FDA? I, I mean they they can't be I they think have to so. be approved, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, wanted yeah. to point out that just because something is on the grass list does not make it mean that it's healthy, like trans fats were on the list. Yeah. And that was one of the rare, um, situations in the book, metabolical, I believe it was Dr. Robert Lustig talk about how those got on and off the list. I think that's the book. Um, but yeah, they removed trans fats from the grass list in 2015 because they were uh, causing cardiovascular events, yeah. And it's like. So it's on the, it's on there now. I'm really fascinated to see how the FDA develops. And like, like you said, what the California legislation does, and it, it, is that going to be the first domino in the U S for kind of food companies to say, Ooh, we need to take this more seriously. Um, but I know that, you know, this has been a decade, uh, or more in the making of work of work, you know, for you and your family. And I feel like, I just really wanted to acknowledge your work and thank you so much for having the courage and the bravery for you and your son and your family to share your story. Um, so can you let our listeners know where they can learn more about you? And, um, we'll be sure again, to link up the website and the TED talk in the notes.
0: Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I do have a website that I need to add a couple more research. Um, there have been a couple studies that looked at how many, how much dye is in foods. And so I need to add those, but oh, I have living It is just, it's an informational site and you can reach me through there, I do believe. Um, Also, I do want to say if you want a lot more information about dyes, the Center for the Science and the Public Interest is a wonderful resource and they have been working behind the scenes for years and years to get dyes removed from companies and from products. For more information, uh, the Center for the Science and the Public Interest has a fantastic resource called Food Dyes, a Rainbow of Risks. Um, it's a great PDF it really talks about, um, each dye and how they're structured and what they do, um, on a chemical level and in some of the research for cancer, uh, correlations too. So center for the science and the public interest is a wonderful resource. They're also huge advocates for removing food dyes. So, um, Perfect.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. I will link that resource in the show notes, either on the blog the podcast and YouTube so that you guys can just get that PDF and kind of dive through it if you really want a a good
0: resource. And then yeah, living org is is a place that it has a lot of resources. So there's there's the links um, to the research that's been done um so that this this isn't this isn't made up. This is this Yeah, is a that real it's thing. mainstream
1: medical practice that if a child yeah or an adult is having some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. behavioral disturbances mm-hmm. that this is uh, immediately looked at because yeah. how simple is that two weeks? It's free, free you know, it's like, free and there's yeah. no
0: negative side effects from no. removing certain foods from your, your diet for a couple of weeks. So yeah. yes, there's, there's no problems with that. It's better than putting them on a medication. And I will say most of the medications have food dyes. So yeah. much better idea than just to try to just try to remove it for a couple of weeks and, and, um, and see how you feel, remove it from your food for all the adults, not just the kids. Kids are bombarded with food food colors more than adults, but adults still eat them. So.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this interview.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. We'll talk soon. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to tell a friend. To learn more and connect online, check out the links in the show notes.